From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 374, for the week of November 27, 2014. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jamalata Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Brian returns one last time for more trip planning advice, and Michael has part one of his interview with David Lesjack about the Walt Disney Studios and World War II. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Diz Sports Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey. Happy hey there. Hi there. Ho there. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, everyone. Are we all just fat and happy? I'm actually uh, on a I'm actually on a plane right now. Your sound is really good. Thanks. Yeah, me too. I'm not I'm not fat. It's that Wi Fi thingy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we are we are excited to see a lot of you this coming weekend on Podcast Cruise five point oh. Including David and uh, including Anna and Eric. Yes, now that it's official mm-hmm. enough to Now that it's not official. <laughs> Our, our uh, Coasting for Kids friends, Anna and Eric, will be there. And she just found out last week that she's going. So. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and as excited as she the- is, I'm sure the anger of I have to now I have to get my clothes and you've only given me I have to pack one, week. one week. I was yes. just thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe in a week. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. I saw her reaction and she's so happy. So, yeah. so that's very, very cool. And and speaking of coasting for kids, um, the Van mm-hmm. Cleves are going to be there also. Oh, that's right. So, so we're gonna, we're gonna we need have to a have a reunion. reunion picture of all of us coastering coasters, mm-hmm. the West Coast we'll, coasters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we have to take a picture of all of us together in the same place to just to prove that Michael the, and Tony, Tony are not Dara, the same, same person. person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the David Banner to Tony's Hulk. Oh, thank you. Oh, I, okay, right. I'll I'll take that. I'm good with that. Uh, you don't want to see me angry, truth. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right. Any housekeeping? Well. Yes. You know, I oh, know that, Tony. yeah, you know. Tony. Yeah, you know. Tony Spatel, is that you? Yeah, you know, there's, uh, you know, on the podcast, we know that the expert of everything is Nancy. I mean, that's just accepted. She knows everything and she's the expert. And oftentimes when you're an expert, you get referred to in print. <laughs> So, what's interesting though is, you know, I just happen to be reading the, not not a, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not. I mean, there's, it's not that big of a yeah. of a paper or anything. Just the New York Times, and obviously, someone wanted to write about Disney and had to do research because you know the New York Times does research and they make sure that all their facts are checked. And when they're going to refer to an expert, they're going to find someone. And so as I'm reading, you know, with my coffee and in the morning on, on so, I mean, this full page doing, about doing the crossword puzzle, yeah, doing right? the crossword puzzle in my robe and ascot. Um, I see here that they mentioned someone, but it wasn't Nancy. It kind of surprised me. Um, no, you well, know, you know I've what Nancy's taken s- on the energy. No, Nancy's to going to say they contacted her first, but she referred she them to you. Yeah, probably. But. I think 
this is like the one of the one of the like best things ever to happen to me and my son, and so I have to read it, and I have to thank everybody here for, I guess, putting up with me. Um, inspiring, yeah, inspire me. It says, and I began. Okay, so it's talking about for people who haven't read the article. It's all about um all thirteen Disney parks and the whole. It was a this huge article about what makes Disney Disney and why do people love it so much and whatever. And so um, it says in 2007, New York Times hired me to professionally scrutinize the Walt Disney Company, blah, blah, blah. And I began to notice a rabid breed of visitor. People like Tony Spatel and his son, Andrew, who visited all six of Disney's major North American parks in a single jet setting day. That's the greatest thing. I mean, I'm freaking in the New York Times. I just, nice. I'm just like blown away. And it's funny because I texted. So when I found out about it, I texted my son, Andrew, who was with his grandparents in a like camping. And so they had really bad um, cell service. And I texted him and he didn't get it yet. And then like, just read the whole article. And then I got the, you know, he's eighth grade, but I got the New York Times exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> have you, have you oh, found it in actual print? Yes, I have time? it in print. And of course, nice. because things aren't cheap. New York Times Sunday edition costs six dollars in Southern God. California. So do you get coupons or anything? I know I bought three because I'm now I'm like oh I gotta frame it and do all that. But yeah, I was yeah. like six bucks. You know to see my name I'll pay more than that. What was mm-hmm. funny is I caught my dad because I texted him. I said read the article, read the whole thing in all caps. You know because if you do it through mobile it says you know it, online it, it, you have to click to read the whole thing. Thanks for the article. Nice read. I was like, you jerk, I caught you. I totally caught him. And then I said, you obviously didn't read it. Read the whole thing. And then he figured it out and he was busted. But um, That's too funny. Yeah, I, that just... And you so enjoy telling your dad he was busted. Oh, I, but that's kind of our relationship. I always yell at him for stuff like that. But I just Can love... we call you Candace now? Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, let's no, not, I'm going to call No, down. you call me as New York Times official reference. Rabbit. <laughs> official rabbit fan yeah i know i just rabbit yeah what's interesting <laughs> is he was rabbit it's funny because my son was talking about that he they had to do a project on their digital footprint and part of his digital footprint is when we did the six parks in one day but now i'm kind of excited because now it's the it's the freaking new york times i can't say yeah. new york times without the freaking new york times that's very that's, cool yeah it's much and, better than the oc register yeah now psh, whatever well so, so now um, that now that you now that you, um, when you do contact the OC Register, you can say, well, you know, when I was featured in the New York Times. Yeah, featured, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, featured. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sorry. I'm just, even though, you know, everybody now, here's some behind the scenes stuff. I was kind of grumpy when I came on tonight, but I'm not grumpy anymore because I'm <laughs> you're, happy. You're giddy. I'm giddy now. Like, yeah, wow. So, and a perfect timing right before the cruise. Nice. I swear I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't pay anybody. Like, hey, when are you going on a cruise? Can you help I, uh, me look on, good? on the cruise, will you be handing out little cards with your autograph as Walt Disney did I, I, walk through Disneyland? You know, I kind of think, you know what? That actually comes up with a funny idea is what I should do. Maybe you can get Jody Benson to sign the article. I, no. You know what I think I should do is I should take a screenshot of that, that just that sentence and then put that on a card and just, just pass those out. That'd be funny. Yes. <laughs> No, I would not do that. put it on a button or something. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry. I had to interrupt. Go ahead and do real news. Real rapid Anybody else have housekeeping? (laughs) Housekeeping, sorry. I I do. I have a housekeeping and a major announcement that I didn't even tell Tom about. 
Oh, so. Oh, <laughs> tell us. So anyway, well, first of all, a week or two ago, we talked about the Mickey Elf popcorn buckets that they are selling mm-hmm. at Disneyland. And the exciting news is mm-hmm. for your holiday table, you can now get the matching Mickey Elf cups. Yes, when you purchase hot chocolate at Disneyland, you can get them in the matching Mickey Are they elf shaped like head. elves or just have the picture? No, no they're, they're shaped. shaped like it. Oh, they're his nice. head. Okay. You can drink they're right really... out of Mickey's head. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That <laughs> sounds so super cute. I, we didn't even see those last weekend. So those are brand new. Yeah, they're new. I think Is this they just the first year that out. they've done it then? Yeah. I yeah. believe so, yeah. They're adorable. Okay. Yeah, they are really cute. They said that you can also put snacks in them too, so they're they're kind of like a wide cup, not a narrow cup. With they're a little multi, well, you know, the hot cocoa is a fairly large portion. <laughs> multifunctional Mickey Elf cups. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> as seen in the New York Times. <laughs> yeah, anyway, but does t- my- will Tony drink out of them? That's what I want to know. Well, you know what? I'm looking at my endorsement. Yeah, I'm deal. looking at my endorsement <laughs> options, endorsement and option. now that I'm much more highbrow than I was before, despite <laughs> me the lack of me wearing clothes during the podcast, now I'm gonna start wearing a suit. At least and, an ascot. Yeah, at least an ascot. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, you know, me my agent as we're we're looking at different options and and stuff. So we'll we'll let you know. You'll see a press okay. release. Who are your agents? We, you know, right now we don't. There, we just don't. We need. We we'll, we're just going to keep it, you know, amongst us. And when when the, when you're ready, when we're ready for a press release, then we will offer <laughs> Call Susie Brown. Yeah, we'll offer a press release. That's where she went. How, she works for you yeah. now. However, I will say that all snacks now for me at at during the Diz Unplugged recording podcast are being provided by Andrew Sutton. Nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> and my major announcement. I hope mm-hmm. you're, everyone's sitting down. If you're driving, pull to the side of the road. If you're at work, you might want to go into an empty conference room. Tony, since I know you're naked, I hope you're sitting on an absorbent pad. But after, after years and years of entering those Disney movie rewards codes online, I now have enough. For the private tour for four to the Walt Disney Studios. Oh, nice. Ooh. nice. Ooh. Michael, did I ever tell you? <laughs> yes, I yes. <laughs> but my dilemma is, you know, they change that prize every couple of years. They add something to it or whatever. Is right. Now I'm thinking, what if they come up with something better? So do I want to redeem these or do I want to keep saving? Because they actually have more than a thousand over what you need. Wow. But I, and, and I have more movie tickets to enter, but I, so it's like, I don't know what to do. Do I cash these in? And, or do I, no, no. Or do I just wait and see if something better comes along? So that's my, that's my big announcement. Should we have a poll? Should, uh, should, should that be our poll on Facebook? That's right. <laughs> what should Michael what? do with and be nice? <laughs> when should Michael redeem his uh, his Disney reward? Rewards. Yeah, Disney, yeah, Disney movie rewards. rewards. Yeah. And oh my goodness. That's very so, cool, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. But you know what? I didn't know until I read the fine print is that you have to save. All the little 
coupons from those movies and send them in and they validate them. And I thought, I don't even know if I still have the movies (laughs) because I may have given them to, you know, the kids or, you know, our granddaughter. So they never used to do that. But then they used to expire. Yeah. Because I lost all my points because they expired. Yeah. No. At um, what point do you have to send them in? Uh, when you redeem it, when when oh. you say I've got it, and you click on the little button, and then okay, you I've, have to I've, send them I've in. I've gotten hats and things like that, and never had to send in. Yeah, for this one you do. Eesh, yuck. Yeah. So anyway. Nuts. Yeah. So that'll be a big project. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's my housekeeping. <laughs> the other housekeeping. <laughs> sure. I have a quick one, but I'll quick, say okay. it after Tony. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I I think you should go. Mary Jo, go ahead. Okay, just uh, it's, as we uh, end 2014 and getting ready for 2015, the uh, divas are getting together. You know that we get together in the beginning of each year, I, and this is going to be our 10th, not 10th, can't be 10th. We've been doing this since 2008, and um, we're getting together and starting February 26th. Okay. Yeah. February uh, 26th through uh, March 1st. And this year, for the first time, we're actually going to be having uh, fundraising for Give Kids the World. And this has been headed by Jen Grinold. And there's other Yay. people. Oh, yeah. she She's really been pushing for it. And we have some other people on the committee. Um, and I'm not going to name everybody, but it's Jill and Chris and I believe um, Dee Dee. And... Um, so we're getting some auction items together and some really, really cool things. And the divas are putting together some absolutely beautiful items for the, for the auction. So if there's any women out there who want to join the group, um, or actually the divas who are already going, just, you know, take a look at, at the information that we have for it and kudos for the, for the team for putting this together. And so also, when is it? The, it's, uh, March, it's February 26th through March 1st. Mm-hmm. And there's really some good committee. These ladies have got together and the meet and greet is going to be at the Paradise Pier Hotel. We have scavenger hunts. We have other items or excuse me, events going on. They have a committee now who does the reservations because you know, you now have to, uh, pay the deposit. So there's a group that collect the money and pay the deposit. And there's a group that, cause you have to pay because of the venue for the meet and greet. We now have to pay, whereas before it used to be free, but the group is so big now. We have almost a hundred women going now and we started with 30. So just a, a shout out to, to these women and for the give kids the world, just when Pete first started, brought it to our attention. It was on what one of the podcast cruises, right? Was it Podcast Cruise 2.0? I think they'd been talking about it before then. But that's they sold the T-shirts. Well, that's when he gave the challenge out. Yes, you know the the uh, power of ten. What was it? Mm -hmm. Yes, power of ten. Power of ten, and when they started putting meats together and everything, and and it's spreading to the West Coast now. Even though this is primarily Walt Disney World, you know, the, for the kids, it's spread out, and it's just amazing that the how how people care enough to bring some respite, I guess, some some 
good times to families who, who really could use that time. So thank yeah. you, ladies, and looking forward to getting together with, with my besties. So how can people find more information out about this? Um, Beth Furanga, she has a post on the community board, Disneyland community board. And I know that some of the items are going to be only for the divas because uh, they might have an online auction. But I have to, Jen is the one who's heading all of this. So is it too late for ladies to join the trip? Um, it's, it might be too late for them to join the meet and greet if they want to go on the trip. And what it is, is ladies leave behind their husbands and children. And it's just gals getting together with gals. You have to be 18 and over to, to go the meet and greet deadline for, um, for that deposit is December 1st. So I don't think that people will be able to go to that, but they can certainly, if they're going to be in the parks at that time, this is a great time to get to know some of us. Um, we call ourselves the Diz Divas or, or just the Divas. And it's really a great opportunity to get together with women and just let our hair down and have fun at the parks and uh, adult fun and just leave our cares behind. So go to the thread on the community board and it's headed by Mama for Mama U4. And you can't miss it. Well, I'll put a link in the show notes also. Okay, thank you. All right, Tony, you had another housekeeping? Kind of. We're going to okay. call it housekeeping. So mm-hmm. we're going to call yeah, we're going to call it housekeeping. So um, just another, and I'll probably end up eventually doing a segment where we're talking about different travel options, kind of like, oh, I just came up with the title for it. Like, like travel hacking Disneyland or whatever. I just came up with that. I like it. Well, you know, <laughs> when, you're an, when you're a New York Times referenced person, yes. you have to think of things and ideas like this. Really, I'm the worst person that should. I should have never gotten in this because this. I'm already a monster like the Hulk, and now I'm going to become even worse. Anyways, <laughs> um, I had to do a late flight really quickly, and so I had to fly out of Ontario. But I couldn't fly back into Ontario, so I had to fly back into LAX. What's the problem? My car is stuck in Ontario. It only cost me through Priceline twenty eight dollars to rent to rent a car from LAX and drop it off at Ontario. That's cheaper than a shuttle or anything like that. So it's just something that I thought that, you know, don't be afraid to think of using all the different airports and that one day rental to get you from one place to another and just drop it off. Because there was hardly any, I mean, $28, that included dropping it off at the wrong place, which nice. which was a lot. And I literally rented it the day of travel. So, it, I mean, 28 bucks, and then you, you've got your own car and you've got people in there, so... I think eventually we'll – I think Tom talked to me about doing a segment with things like that, but just something to think about. There's multiple yep. airports, and you don't always have to do a shuttle because a shuttle will cost way more. So anyways. Very, very true. All right. Any other housekeeping? Nope. I'm okay. good this week. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Over to Tony with the news. Anaheim's new Arctic is about to open. And no, that's not a SeaWorld attraction. But they're – oh, man, I should know this. I should be able to pronounce what it is. I should see what it is. Let's see if I can get some – Anaheim Resort Transportation Sh- Intermodal Center or something like that. Sounds good to me. Okay. So by day, County Supervisor Sean Nelson sees a sand crab when he drives past the new transit hub in his district. By night, he thinks disco roller rink when colorful lights illuminate the building. I don't think this is what the taxpayers had in mind, said Nelson, who is also board chairman of the Orange County Transportation Authority. 
Many local architects, however, called the Anaheim Regional Transportation Intermodal Center. I was close. close. I was so close. Set to open December 6th. Or if you've already read it, opened on December 6th. A a, um, modern marvel and the future of transportation. A 120-foot tall glass wall that makes up the structure's entrance just off Catella Avenue provides sweeping views of the nearby Honda Center, Angel Stadium, and the Santa Ana River. It's not really a river. Sunlight is diffused by air. Well, you know, somebody from an, finally they've listened to our podcast. I can't wait. Oh, I get to see the Santa Ana. Wait, it's it's go concrete. fishing, yeah, go no, no. boating. The on LA it. River's the same. Yeah, exactly. Thing. <laughs> Sunlight is diffused by air-filled plastic pillows lining the arched roof, held in place by curved steel tubes, like Sleeping Beauty's castle at Disneyland and the Big A at Angel Stadium. Only the passage of time will determine whether Arctic is considered a local landmark not just for Anaheim, but also for Orange County. It inevitably flaunts the accepted rules of Orange County design. I didn't know there were rules of Orange County design. I know. Um, Said Graeme Moreland, a professor at the USC School of Architecture who specializes in contemporary transit station designs. You can do that? That's that's a thing. I'm going to get – I've got my next degree. I would just – no, what do you specialize in? Contemporary transit station designs. So And then at the party, they just move on to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Arctic is an essential part of the urban infrastructure, stitching together disparate transportation network inherited from the past, Moreland said. This building is magnificent in its aspiration to service so many people in the melting pot of daily travel exchange. Wow. But with the opening of the three-story yeah, no. three terminal soon, there's still work to be done. Snacks and drinks won't be available to commuters and tourists passing through Arctic for at least another month. So far, the city has leased space to four concessionaires for shops and eateries scheduled to open early next year. Yes, I finally have something new I can review. Additionally, city officials are looking for naming a naming rights partner for Arctic. I find that interesting. And those efforts will continue into next year. The deal was supposed to be one of the main funding sources for the transit center's operating budget, expected to Roscoe's be... Roscoe's Terminal. Yes, Expected to be $3.6 million for the first seven months. Okay, I'm going to digress in the middle article. What if, like, Knott's decided they're going to sponsor it? <laughs> it's Orange County, even though it's really close to Disneyland. I just – or the universal, you know. Anyways, construct – so some more information. While sketching out designs for Arctic, architect Ernest Sarangle said he wanted to maintain a wide-open gathering space similar to classic transit stations such as Union Station in L.A. and New York's Grand Central Station. Traditionally, train stations have great open spaces that provide a natural connection. And I love buildings that can make a beautiful structural geometry, Sarangle said. I believe this is a very intuitive passenger flow, and people will know exactly where to go. Arctic's enormous arched entry showcases curved interlocking steel tubes that were slowly assembled by massive construction cranes guided by satellites, Whoa! allowing for a mere 5-millimeter margin of error. Inside, the 67,000-square-foot terminal is separated into three levels— with the ground floor boasting a spacious lobby, ticketing desks, shops, and vendor kiosks, and a plaza leading to 13 bus bays. There are, in addition to the 13 bus bays, there are 11 elevators and escalators, over 1,000 parking spaces, 12,000 square feet of retail and dining space. It co- it's 67,000 square feet, cost $185 million to build the terminal, and it is 120 feet tall in the arch. So... There you go. Very cool. What? 
I think we should check it out. Sounds exciting. I think we should. I'm kind of, I don't get why it was necessary. Maybe Lily and I will take the train again. <laughs> I hate to be like Mr. Why do we need to build public works projects, but why, I don't, why? You've been to the the Amtrak station at Angel Stadium. I know it's not a real, It's I, I know it's not a real Amtrak station, but I don't know. Does it? I think they'll have free food at the grand opening. We should go. Okay. Yes. All right. Great idea. I'm glad it's great. Our tax dollars were spent on that. Um, yes, exactly. And then what's inter- I think it's interesting that it's going to be sponsored. Mm-hmm. And is anybody going to refer to it as that? They're going to call it the bus station. Or yeah, train exactly. Station. I mean, no one's going to call it the <laughs> Wells Fargo train station. <laughs> no, but I mean. Except for the Wells Fargo people. I mean, it might get a nickname because I'm thinking of like stadiums, you know, and Mm -hmm. they'll call it like in San Diego, they call Qualcomm Stadium the Q. Okay. But I'm trying to think of other ones. Well, I mean, Arctic is hard to say in the first place. That's true. So if it's a good sponsor, then you might say it, say that. Yeah. Like Heinz 50. Okay. I'm going over to Heinz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess. I'm interested to see who spends the money on it Mm -hmm. because who's going to really refer to it? Other than us. Anyways. People that travel there. True. Yeah, but... Now, here's the question. Will it be on the Amtrak? So you go to Amtrak, right? And you're stopping at Anaheim. And you go to Amtrak and then you click on, oh, my stop is Anaheim. Will it say Anaheim in parentheses, Wells Fargo Arctic Station? I'm thinking... Probably. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. Interesting. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in sadder news, but she was 92, so she lived a long and good life. Marion Knott, 92, who helped design the family theme park, has recently passed away. Marion Knott, the youngest daughter of Knott's Berry Farm founders Walter and Cordelia Knott, who oversaw the park's expansion into an enclosed theme park with roller coasters, has died. She was 92. Marion Knott died quietly in her sleep at her Newport Beach home, her family announced. She had been living the last... she had been the last surviving child of the Knots. I do think she was one of a kind, said her son, Daryl Anderson, and we were blessed to have her with us for as many years as we did. Mary Knott was born in April 1922 on the, the berry farm that would become Knots. In the early days of the farm, Mary Knott was tasked with selling rhubarb at the side of the road. She and her mm-hmm. two sisters were the waitresses in the five-table tea room where her mother prepared sandwiches, pie, and coffee. When her mother introduced chicken dinners in the tea room in 1934, Mary Knott served those up, too. She really didn't have an interest in the restaurant, Anderson said. That was not her world. That was Grandma's world. Her forte would become the theme park on the Buena Park spread. As her parents aged, she and her three siblings took over various management positions. She was the director of design, planning, and entertainment. In 1968, she persuaded the family to put up gates around the park and start charging admission. Anderson recalled sitting on a park bench with his mother to look at a map and draw lines where the gates would go. We had to put up the gate in 1968 because we were losing it to the hippies, Marion Knott told the Register in 2009. In 1969, Marion Knott oversaw the addition of Fiesta Village, the park's second theme area after the original ghost town. To find the best attractions, she traveled the world and rode prototypes. Among the roller coasters added under her leadership was 1978's Montezuma's Revenge, which still operates in the park. I was always like my dad, Marion Knott said. I like the showmanship part of the business. In 1997, the family sold the park to Cedar Fair. After that, she refrained from returning to the park, Anderson said, preferring to remember it as it had been under her family stewardship. 
She knew we, that we had done the right thing, but she knew that it wasn't going to be hers anymore. In 2009, for the 75th anniversary of Mrs. Knott's Chicken Dinner Restaurant, Anderson convinced her to come back. After eating lunch, they walked around the park. Along the way, they were stopped again and again by people who remembered her and wanted to talk. As we left the park, she stopped, and the general manager at the time, Marty, she stopped and looked at him in the eyes and said, Marty, I want you to know that I think you and your team have been very good stewards, Anderson said. In an interview this summer, Marion Knott said, I think Knott's Berry Farm is here to stay. Lots of good it's done for everyone. I think my father was amazed. Who would have thought a little piece of ground would have turned into so much? Outside of Knott's Berry Farm, Marion Knott was heavily involved with philanthropy. She focused much of her energy on education. Marion Knott is survived by her husband, Anthony Montepert, her son, Daryl Anderson, her daughter, Diane, four grandchildren, and three great-grandchildren, and services were private. Hmm. The Marion Knott Memorial Terminal in Anaheim? The not, I'm telling you not no, because they have to pay for it. Oh, it's a sponsor. <laughs> Why did the Knott family sell to Cedar Fair? It's, was there ever a reason given? I, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the reason was. Yeah, I was just wondering, could they not afford to keep it up? I mean, that, that's usually the standard story. That's what I got to think, because, I mean, it's a family running a an amusement. Or... or, or or Cedar Fair wanted to expand into California and made him an offer. Was, yeah, yeah. Hmm. We'll have to. We'll have to check that out. And that's the news. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire, uh, Michael. Well, one of the things a lot of us may be doing, maybe even as we speak, is um, when we're at Walt Disney World, we like to go to the different resorts and see the decorations, such as the Gingerbread House at the Grand Floridian or at the Boardwalk, or the Chocolate Carousel, at the Yacht and Beach Club. Well, now, of course, we can do that at the Grand Californian, because on November 27th, the Grand Californian Gingerbread House opens, and it was created by a talented team of 25 artists, engineers, and bakers. It It took a total of 1,400 hours to bake and create, just the edible portion alone. The house measures in at a whopping seven and a half feet tall and 12 feet wide. And it is um, a small model of the Grand Californian with a gingerbread Mickey sitting on the outside. So if now I know a lot of people like to bring a little Disney, you know, into their lives, into their holiday decorating. So if you would like to make a Grand Californian gingerbread house, you know, in your front room. Hmm. Well, what you need is about more than 500 pounds of gingerbread, 60 gallons of frosting and icing, 100 pounds of isomalt sugar, 50 pounds of granulated sugar, 50 pounds of powdered sugar, two gallons of egg whites, and one quart of lemon juice. And so um, just start cutting out those grocery store coupons this week for all that. <laughs> Now, the neat thing is, is that when you visit the Grand Californian and see this gingerbread house, you can buy some tasty treats. You can purchase gingerbread shingles and other assorted holiday cookies, some holiday cookie decorating kits, um, gingerbread house kits, and specialty hot chocolate and cider. So be sure um, to check it out when you're visiting the um, Disneyland Resort during the holiday season. Very cool. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Mary Jo. 
Another era is coming to a close at the California Adventure Park, and that is the Mad Tea Party. You know, uh, people or, or friends like Wayne Toygo, who liked the electronica when it was performing, were sad when that came to a close. And now the Mad Tea Party fans will be sad to hear that um, the last performance will be November 30th. However, there are some rumors that Frozen... Hold, don't get too excited now, but oh. <laughs> that that Frozen's going to be taking over, and these are just rumors at the time, or let's just say ups, unsubstantiated. DJ uh, Olaf. Yeah, <laughs> DJ Olaf. Oh my gosh! Well, Olaf's rocking the house. <laughs> it's Disney freeze the night party. You know, I'd be really surprised if the that'd be very funny if the if the White Rabbit uh, became Olaf playing the music. <laughs> over there <laughs> but um so that's going to be some time in in the future when when they have that so there's there's we're still waiting for official word from disney and probably tom will be one of the first people who who get that official word so unless of course unless of course i'm on the cruise and yeah that's true but go to the dis boards the yeah. disneyland section because we have people who are Closely monitoring the this ev- the events and it's the late of course we have people news. who are monitoring the these events. Yep. Well, one of our um, dizzers eat my pixie dust. Her name is Rochelle. She goes there a lot, so she knows. She I'm, I'm I've been uh, keeping tabs on what she's been saying because she knows the DJs and the DJ and and some of the performers. So want to see what she says and also Sherry E, who's our our moderator on the Disneyland board. One of co-moderator uh she's also going through all the news and keeping track of anything that has to do with the holidays at disneyland so if you don't hear it on our podcast or don't see it on the wdw info portion of the diz go to our forum because it will be there very cool well not very cool sorry that's so a, <laughs> nice that's well, it will be very so cool sad. if it's that's frozen yeah. All right. Thank you, Mary. I jo. just have this image of Elsa swinging along, singing like a, a snowball. You know, a homage <laughs> to Madonna, or I mean, not Madonna. Yes. To Miley Cyrus. Yes. Miley Cyrus. Oh, oh my gosh! What a oh tonight! You guys are just coming up with all of these images I don't want in my mind. <laughs> all right. I will go next in a in a related story to Tony's news. Megabus is coming to Anaheim. Yay! Yay. Megabus. Woo woo. That's great. So Megabus, which I took from from LA to Vegas and tested out, will starting December sixth when Arctic opens, will be running from Anaheim to Oakland, San Jose, and San Francisco. So this is a low cost bus line with rates starting at a dollar. And going up from there, as as the bus sells out from $5, $10, up to uh, $39 each way, um, they will leave from Ar- Arctic Bus Bay 11, uh, looks like about four times a day, and taking the nine-hour journey, almost nine-hour journey to San Francisco, and then also Oakland or San Jose. Um, looking at the San Francisco, it does make a few stops along the way. It stops in Burbank. Then it stops in San Jose. Woo-hoo. Then it gets to San Francisco. So yeah, nine hours, and it only takes those many stops. Those many stops. Yeah, 
Yep. It's eight, a long eight, drive. Eight hours and 40 minutes. No, but I've done San Francisco. I mean, I, I guess I'm not a bus. Not on a bus, no. But, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, that would be interesting to see what time they stop in Burbank to go down to Anaheim. Oh, oh yeah. I'll see if you can get. That Burbank would be kind of fun to see if we could do it as a day trip. I don't think I can. I don't think you can book Burbank to Anaheim. Is the problem? And, and how would you get back? You don't know. You would yeah, rent a car, like I just said, and drop it off. Well, it depends what time they go. But, you know, it depends. They could do an. They could do an overnight ride. You know, and, and drop off. I mean, we'd have to look at their schedule to see if they do, like, a, an Anaheim overnight stopping in San Francisco in the morning. Yes. Uh, you leave at 1030 at night and get to San Francisco at 650 a.m. See? Okay, Tom, you wrote it. Yes. Is it a sleepable bus? I can sleep anywhere, but. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a double-decker bus. Um, Ooh. You got your Wi-Fi on board, so. I do like the idea of. Getting of wasting my sleep on the bus, like yep, not no, spending a whole day. Now, at one point, I asked Michael to research, and I'm, of course, he's. We've probably lost that research. Um, where it, where in San Francisco it picks up, and how that relates to the family museum. I I did have that information. It's nowhere near the family museum. Okay. I, I I don't recall. But you know, Megabus goes from Sacramento to San Francisco. So someday I'll have to take what, like a week off, and, um, <laughs> and um, ride it from. But it, okay, it says it's the San Francisco Caltrain <laughs> station on Townsend Street. Oh, okay, yeah, that's not that's right near um, Pack Belt. What's not called Pack Belt Park? AT and T Park, where the Giants okay. play. But there would be public transportation, right? Oh yeah, there's okay. tons of transportation yeah. there. Now, now that you're saying it goes to Sacramento and Burbank. I don't know why there's just not a nonstop Sacramento to Burbank. Because if there's two places in California that are fun the and you want to see, them, it's yes. Burbank, Sacramento. I mean, that's just. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Fresno to have yeah. a mega bus. So. so I can go to Oakland. Oh, gosh. We'll never <laughs> find you again. I don't. <laughs> All right, uh, Nancy. Okay. Well, this weekend. We have a couple exciting things to do if you are in the Los Angeles area. The first thing is uh, starting on, well, Saturday. No, actually starting tomorrow, the 28th, the LA Zoo is starting a brand new tradition. And it is called, dun, 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 LA Zoo Lights. When she says da 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 da, that means she needs to click on the link to try to find yes, the name. No, that I means figured. I needed to scroll up because <laughs> I'm like, it isn't that's, on this page, but it was on the for page before. Music. I know, but I give her credit for that because I just go, oh man, where'd the link go? So at least she cares about the show. <laughs> the only two days it's not it's not actually going on is uh, December 24th and December 25th, but. It's a hard ticket event at the LA Zoo in the evening, and you get to um, stroll through a whole bunch of new holiday lights and lighting designs, and they're going to be also having um, real reindeer. You're going to visit with Santa on certain days. They're going to have holiday treats and goodies, and it's all under the stars in Griffith Park. Um, which we've talked about all the wonderful things in Griffith Park. Yeah. Um, now, the rates ages 13 plus are $13. Ch- 
Children ages 2 through 12 are 11, and under 2 are free. And, of course, Zoo members get a dollar off with the promo code. And there is a group rate if you have 15 to 49 guests. And they do have an online early bird special, $8 a person, November 28th to December 11th. And it, but there is a, a, an online, you know, purchasing fee for getting your tickets in advance. I want to see the reindeer. Oh, they're so cool. I mean, you can see the reindeer as part of the um, the daytime zoo festivities, mm-hmm. but I, they have the reindeer romp, which goes on during the daytime. Wow. And the reindeer are on exhibit every day, starting on the 28th of November. Um, and they have all kinds of stuff, holiday crafts, photos with Santa, and all that stuff. Right, It's in the area once... Once you enter the zoo, you actually have to go up some either um, some wheelchair ramps or up a, lar- a large flight of stairs because the zoo is in a canyon. So you have to go to multiple levels in the zoo, but it's all accessible, you know, wheelchair and ECV accessible and stuff. Um, and then the reindeer romp stuff is usually across from the children's zoo area. So after you pass the initial shopping venues... Um, go through the shopping venues, and it'll be up to the left. So we love the LA Zoo. We're members. and uh, But that starts on Thursday, I mean on Friday, tomorrow. Now, if you were up in Hollywood or want to be up in Hollywood on the 30th, it is the Hollywood Christmas Parade, the famed Yay. Hollywood Christmas Parade. We used to watch that on TV, but when I lived back in Missouri, um, and so that is going on, and it starts at 5.30. There's uh, the usual hosts, Eric Estrada, and whoever his partner is that I don't recognize. He's gay? Um, <laughs> no. That would be Larry Wilcox. Larry Wilcox. <laughs> no, actually, it's Laura McKenzie. Chips. I don't remember Lori, Lori. I don't know who Laura McKenzie is. Probably some but LA Eric is, personality. Eric Estrada hosts it, and uh, the celebrity guest hosts this year are Dean Kane and Montel Williams. <laughs> wow, Kane, this is really from. the C list of Hollywood. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, like, but it, know it's, it's a it. really kitschy and fun parade. Yeah, from 1991. <laughs> well, you know. If you get grandstand seats, which are start at $45, grandstand ticket holders have access to a pre-parade concert, which features Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Heart, Ooh. Richie Sambora, oh and others. Wait, no, so, okay, I like all those still- people, but they're also a lot older than 2014. I haven't heard of most of them. <laughs> Stevie oh. Wonder? Yeah, him. But- Richie, Earth, Wind, yeah. and Fire? No, I don't listen to them. Oh, <laughs> you, You've heard of them, though. They are in the oh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Heart? Yeah, I've heard of them. All I want to do is... Never mind. See, now I don't have to sing for a change. Tony's singing. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. And then at the week af- the weekend after start all of the harbor floats. You know, oh, we talked about those in last the, year's show. Do you have the dates for the harbor floats? Um, I do. The Los Angeles Harbor Holiday Float Parade is um, December 6th. Won't be the here. The Spirit of San Pedro Holiday Parade 
is December 7th. The King Harbor Holiday Boat Parade, December 13th. The Marina Del Rey Harbor Holiday Boat Parade, December 13th. And I know the ones south. Um, Seal Beach Huntington, or Huntington yeah, Beach. More, yeah, there's some more definitely south, which I don't have the dates in this particular article. I hope they're and after then, of course, the 7th. You know, sharpseating.com for your Rose Parade tickets. Very cool. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Tony. Da 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 da! Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, are you deep in thought doing the New York Times? (laughs) No, I couldn't. Okay, I'm going to give you a little inside show. So I have two monitors, and I was on mute because of, for extra noise, and I, so I've got my laptop and my other monitor and I'm trying to get my mouse and I couldn't find my darn cursor. It was floating all over the place. But anyways. It was on the other screen. Yeah, it was on the other screen. I couldn't find it. Uh, Your cursor okay. was having a part. So I know it's, you know, beginning to, it's beginning to look a lot like December. So we need to start thinking about what's going on for New Year's. Are we good with that, Tom? Is that okay? Sure. Not too early. Is that too early? No, no, no. Because people well, need know, to plan. Well, you know, some things cost more. Yeah. Yes, and people yeah. need to plan. If people are we listening have a now, more shows until that's New why I decided so. to you have to make do this reservations. Now. So I'm going to tell you what's going on at the Queen Mary and on Knots at Knots. Excuse me, but not the Knots thing is not official. It's tentative based on the Ooh. research that I'm doing. So at Knots, it says it's tentative, but they're supposed to be having. You can dine Billy at Hill and the Hillbillies. Mm-hmm. Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. <laughs> yes, dine at Spurs Chop House for a New Year's Eve buffet. Thirteen ninety nine for children, twenty four ninety nine for adults. Served from five to nine p.m. I don't know what's mm-hmm. on the menu. The park is open until one a.m. So come and enjoy special fireworks at midnight and live entertainment featuring Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. Midnight party on the Midway. <laughs> the Reflex Eighties Band. Comedy magic of Dana Daniels. Sharp turn ahead. Salsa dancing with Louis Angon, maybe? How do I say that in Spanish, Mary Jo? A-N-G-O-N. A-N-G-O-N. Okay, thank you. DJ JC and Snoopy. Wait, Snoopy salsa dancing? Yes. Yes. Salsa dancing with Louis, DJ JC, and Snoopy. You say get down, dog. (laughs) 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 Sorry. No, you don't apologize for that. (laughs) <laughs> um, and it's Christmas Snoopy Ice Show. So there's that. And New Year. And then if you want to do a more adult New Year's Eve. At the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Seven countries. One dazzling evening. Which will include many things. Okay. You're going to launch. The, celebrate Sounds the launch yummy. of 2015. Under a fireworks filled sky. On the legendary decks of the Queen Mary. Whether you want to dance the night away or simply enjoy the music, there's no shortage of entertainment aboard the Queen Mary. All ticketed guests must be at least 21 years old. All Queen Mary visitors must have a New Year's Eve ticket after 4.30 p.m. on December 31st. So, here you go. Oh, New Year's Eve starts at 8, lasts until 2 a.m. Self-parking is $20. A general admission cabin class boarding pass, $99.00. Includes admission to the ship with access to the cabin class, class decks, salons, and bars featuring live bands, strolling entertainers, and DJs in view of the midnight fireworks. For $199, you get the VIP first class boarding pass. The VIP first class boarding pass includes VIP admission to the ship with exclusive access to the first class and cabin class decks, salons, and bars featuring live bands, strolling entertainers, 
and DJs plus four complimentary cocktails, party favors, and a premiere view of the midnight fireworks. Now, what is all this stuff that's going to happen? Well, there's dinner, which includes a grand Italian New Year's Eve buffet feast. 7 p.m. seating is already sold out, which means this must be amazing. 8 p.m. is still available, and... And if you click on the <laughs> link to uh, it's oh it's Queen Mary. There's just a bunch of stuff that looks really really tasty. I'm not going to read every single thing, but I do see something with brown butter, which looks exciting. Gnocchi with brown walnut butter. sage and brown butter. Oh, oh that's all I'm going to. One of the best yeah. ways to have gnocchi. Ever. There's other stuff on there, but I just thought that was the one that kind of brown butter is so easy to make. <laughs> What is brown butter? There's Tom raining on a plate. No, you take butter and you cook it on the stove until it browns, and then you pour it over pasta. I always thought of that as burnt butter. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. You have to just wait till it's very slightly brown. It's yum. And put a little sage, crumble a little sage in it. I never heard of that before. Do you guys have especially with pumpkin ravioli? Do you guys have the spaghetti factory? Yeah, you're right, spaghetti factory. Yeah, we do. They do it. Has the brown butter and mazurka cheese. There's one in Fullerton, not that far away from Disneyland. There you go. I will make brown butter. To relate it back to Disneyland. Yes, exactly. The Promenade Cafe has a buffet that's forty nine dollars at four thirty, seven thirty at sixty nine dollars, and ten o'clock at sixty nine dollars. A really great menu. I'm not going to go over thing. Chelsea Charter House has a two seatings available. Oh, these are not buffets. The the next ones are uh, prefix menus. Sir Winston has a $99 and a $189. Wait, $189. We need to see what this menu is. It's got a wine myth with it. Okay, first course. Maybe lobster. First course has lobster bisque Mm -hmm. or French onion soup. Second course, lavash eggplant. uh, Intermezzo. Pink champagne sorbet to clean your palate. Main course, beef wellington or jumbo prawns and mussel bouillabaisse or Australian rack of lamb. And a dessert course. For $189, that that meal that feed me yeah. myself without a fork. Um, <laughs> there's also a New Year's Day Bon Voyage brunch. Wait, the, the ship's going back out to sea. Um, <laughs> no, from 9 to 2. Let's see. What else do we have? Um, hangover brunch. Wow, they're, they're, there's a lot of expensive stuff to do. The chill is still going on, but basically if you want to do an adultish culinary experience for I'm not going to go into everything. Go to queenmary.com and look at New Year's. They're going to have midnight fireworks and gourmet cuisine, themed bars, live entertainment, and fireworks. Very cool. So, All right. Thank you, you, Tony. That will do it for Rapid Fire. Time for our thread of the week, Mary Jo. This week's thread comes from Wendy Y, who's been with the Diz since September of 2011 and hails from San Francisco. And you her know you thread- can get there on Megabus. Pretty soon, right? Or mm-hmm. did it start already? Yeah, yeah, no, soon. Sacramento goes, Megabus <laughs> goes there. That's Sorry. awesome. Go ahead. I'm so glad. And then I'm sure if she goes up there, then she could probably go to the Walt Disney Family Museum too, right? Well, um, she lives up there. Well, she that's lives true. There, yeah. So she must be there all the time then. <laughs> she, she, I she probably Wendy and I are very good friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, our Dizzer, Wendy Y, has a I know her little brothers, Michael and John, too. <laughs> she she has a good she friend named fly. Peter. Um, yes. Her thread is called "Bad Mom for Shielding Four Year Old Dear Daughter from Princessy Fun at Disneyland Resort." She writes, "This will be my sweet four year old daughter's third time to Disneyland Resort. The first two times she was way too little to be into the princesses, 
but now at age four, she is just starting to pick it up from her little friends at preschool. I was hoping to hold it off for as long as possible, and I think we could get away with avoiding it for our, our upcoming trip in January. I like the princesses. It's just that when our trips are only two days, I prioritize rides and shows that our uh, eight-year-old son will enjoy, too. For me, Disneyland is Dumbo and Mickey, Space Mountain, Indiana Jones, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Churros. The world of princess is not part of my research, but after reading so many stories of all the parents who strategized to get to the Anna and Elsa meet and greet, booking Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique and Ariel's Grotto, and something called Fantasy Fair, I feel like a bit <laughs> like a slacker mom. Please tell me that I'm not depriving my little girl if we hold off on princesses until she's closer to six. Kind of kidding, but seriously. And this thread caught my attention. Because when my kids were little and we would go to Disneyland, there, the princesses weren't such a big thing like it is now. If we, if we saw that they had no line, we might go up to them, but it wasn't a thing. Whereas today, like her post uh, mentions, people actually strategize and people will get to the parks early just to meet Anna and Elsa and will spend more than an hour to meet the fairies or, or one of the princesses. So I kind of wanted to go to you guys, especially um, uh, those who've had younger daughters or granddaughters. Uh, what is your opinion about making the princesses a priority or not a priority, especially for Wendy White? She wants to avoid them right now. Her daughter's four years old. What do you guys all say about her not exposing her daughter to the princesses in this trip? And I'll start, I'll start with Nancy. That's a hard one. I mean, my daughters were aware of princesses. I mean, but granted, we go all the time. You know, a lot of people around where we live work for Disney. So we have more of that princessiness uh -huh. around us. Um I also, you know, it does her daughter go on those major rides? Because, see, my kids never did. My kids never wanted to go anywhere near Indiana Jones. Yeah, but until it, sounds like, last year. it sounds like her family is more like, into the rides. Right. Her family's into the rides. I would say, see if you can accomplish it. I mean, you don't have to, it's not a competition. Don't feel like you need to compete with other moms and other things. Like, frankly, as much as my daughters like the princesses and stuff, I'm not a crazy over princess plannery type. Like, we never did Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. We did, like, Studio 365 only because Zoe wanted to get her hair done up. She didn't care about it being princessy. She hated wearing princess dresses. So we were never that kind of family to begin with. There's nothing wrong with that, but we were just not that kind of family based on what the kids wanted to do. But if your daughter sees the fantasy fair area and sees that, you know, pretty pavilion just to the left side of the castle and wants to go there and wants to listen to a story or something like that, you know, if it's what she really wants to do when you're on the trip, exp 
explore the direction. Okay, that's a good one. You know, I, I wouldn't say, you know, purposefully say, no, we, we don't have time to go that way or no. You know, that if she sees it and is curious and interested and the timing is right, you know, to take a little break, then go ahead. What do you have to lose? I mean, it could be a whole another experience that you thought was really cool. And we've thought those performances, you know, Michael's talked about it on the show and, and we've agreed that those performances in the, the fairy tale or the fantasy fair theater are, are great. You're missing a fun show if you don't go. So. That's true. Yeah. Okay. You know, just play it by ear. Thank you. Michael, what about you? Cause you have Lexi that you and Carol take to the parks Right. And we, I, I think since they also have an eight year old, I think that you have to sort of balance it out. And Lexi loves the princesses. She also likes the attractions. And we always, we talk about, you know, and we did this even when our children were younger. We made a list. What are the top three must do things that you want to do? Whether, whether it's attractions or whatever. And Lexi does that, but she also has her list of characters and princesses that she wants to meet. So we work around that. So th- that way, if Wendy does that, they can all make sure the adults get to go what they want. The eight-year-old gets to go on what he wants, as well as th- the four-year-old daughter. But Disneyland, there's more to Disneyland, and, and I think this is what Nancy was getting at. There's more than... The two Disneyland and attractions. I mean, it's a full experience. It, it, yes, it's the food, but it's, it's also that it's taking in the details. It's taking in the music. It's definitely taking in the shows that uh, the shows at Princess Fantasy Fair are for any age, um, male or female. Um, there's enough humor and slapstick, you know, in it that Boys, girls, grandma, grandpa, anybody can enjoy them, whether you're into princesses or not. Same thing with Mickey's Magical Map. Um, the eight-year-old is going to enjoy that just as much as the four-year-old, just as much as the parents. Um, you know, so I would say you, you are not, you are not experiencing Disneyland to its fullest if you're not interacting with characters, if you're not taking time out to listen to the music, and if you're not um, taking time out to enjoy the shows. You you are seeing only a third of what di- uh, of what the Disneyland experience and magic is. That's a good point too, Tony. What do you say? Even though you don't have daughters, but you, I'm sure you have an opinion. Well, I look at it like um, when An- I really loved the uh, character meals and stuff, and Andrew didn't like it. He didn't want to do anything with the characters, so I didn't do anything with the characters. Like, I kind of figure whatever the kid kind of wants, because you can always do it's, – it's, I mean, I hate to say Disneyland's a place for kids, but whatever is the kind of thing that they want to do, then I think that's what you do. That's my okay. answer. Good. And Tom? Um, do we know how long the wait times are now at Princess Fantasy Fair? Has anybody been... Well, you don't time? necessarily have to have a wait time just for the show. No, I'm, that's not what I'm asking. I said, Oh, <laughs> the, for the princesses. Yeah. When we've gone, it's been re- pretty reasonable. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, I've I, never I seen would, a crowd. I would 
avoid Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique like the plague, probably skip Anna and Elsa, but maybe watch the parade, see what her interests are in the princesses, and then maybe make a trip trip over to Princess Fanny's Fair to greet meet some of the princesses. Maybe have the eight year old watch the show and the girl wait for the princesses or something. I think that's a good point. What were you going to say, Nancy? My girls have never asked to go into princess into the princess meet and greet. You know, they don't they don't actually acknowledge it as being a real part. I mean, it's not because the princesses are inside. It's not you can't see them from outside. Right. So it doesn't it almost just feels like it's some sort of building there with a line and it's not obvious that there's princesses inside that building. So to my kids, Princess Fantasy Fair is just the shows. And then getting a yummy pastry from Maurice's <laughs> <laughs> with that but poison the, apple freeze thing. The other thing is, though, is that there's attractions the eight-year-old can go on that the four-year-old cannot. So they must be splitting up at some point. Right. And so let the eight-year-old go on the bigger attractions that the four-year-old can't go on and let her meet a princess or two. Yes. Have the parents split up, and yeah, and I agree with Tony. I mean, you, if the little girl wants to see a princess, then let her see a princess. It's not all about you, mom. <laughs> right for the and they can always go back. I really like on the yeah, because you know what? In a couple of years, she's not going to want to see those princesses, and you would have she, she, you would have robbed her of that experience. Not only her, but the mom too, because we get such, yeah. we get enjoyment ourselves when our kids have that, you know, the stars in their eyes. And on um, the Diz board, Star Jazz wrote something really good. And she said, um, to some degree, your kids are typically into whatever you're into or whatever you promote and push. If you don't push princesses, while she may hear about it at school and stuff, she likely won't be as enthusiastic. That said, a four-year-old girl should be into princesses in my Disney mind. Four years is an important age when little girls are starting to understand a lot more and become independent and yet retain that innocent and malleable mind that can and will believe whatever they see with their eyes. It's when imaginations are developed. Take advantage of that. After five, children become less influenced by the things around them. Who they are has already been established to a large degree. So yeah, I'd focus in on whatever she's starting to be fond of and let her experience it. There's plenty for both little girls and slightly older boys at Disneyland Resort. And then our friend Sherry, um, who we saw at Dapper Days, she goes by Disney on the boards. She said, um, for me, our trips when the girls were that age were the best. And it was because I got to experience true magic through their eyes. And I think that's what you're talking about, Michael. Whatever they're into, go with it and you won't be sorry. You'll have years to enjoy whatever you want, but only a very short time when your kids are in that stage of imagination when anything's possible. If she wants to see the princesses, indulge her a little. You don't have to go overboard. Mine never went to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and it didn't take up a lot of our time. So we did do the Ariel's character meal every time during that period. They were just happy to spot a princess, wear a princess dress and some glitter for a little while and simple things like that. And you guys know, um, when you girls dress up, the attention that the cast members paid to them and they call them princess and everything, it really is, um, a special time for them. So I agree that I wouldn't focus 
you know, a lot of time on seeing princesses or character meet and greets, but the uh, fantasy fair is a good place to go to watch the show and to meet a princess without investing too much time to do so. Yep, exactly. So if it, there's a lot, there's uh, quite a few. Um... Oh, Tom, I didn't go to you. What do you no, say? I said something. Okay. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? No, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> Wes doesn't uh, go into the princesses. No. Um, yeah, he's all boy. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, not anymore. Uh, although, as he gets older, he might say, Dad, let's go check out the mm-hmm. princesses. But um, there's a lot more uh, posts with uh, different opinions. And if you would like to weigh in, it's called Bad Mom for Shielding Four-Year-Old Daughter from Princessy Fun at Disneyland Resort. And we'll have a link to it in our show notes. Excellent. And, of course, our show notes page, which I failed to mention earlier, is www.disunplugged.com. And look for the, what is this, 11-27-14 show, and we'll have links to everything we talked about this week. Thank you, Mary Jo. Thank you, team. Um, We are all on the podcast cruise next week. However, by the magic of radio, we will still have shows going up. So you you won't be without us, no matter how hard you try. (laughs) (laughs) So we will see you all next week. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And like I said, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. Bye.